forget to rate, review, and subscribe our podcast wherever you get favorite podcasts. And listen to the show, 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan and 360. We also do Blue Jays talk. And uh, if you've got weddings, parties, or bar mitzvahs, Barker's hiring himself out as uh, an after-dinner speaker as well. So we're pretty mm. much doing... I wonder if I get away with this. Pretty much doing everything. What? Mm. I do have good plate coverage, so I could reach over there. We are going to give away tickets for the May 16th game against Seattle just after we finish chatting with our next guest, Chris Rose, and we'll have Barker's back leg bits at 1140. We have reached that point, Kevin Barker, the first Barker's back leg bits question about the manager. Uh Uh-oh. First one, I think, that uh, we've had this year. Bob Ritchie. Shout out Bob Ritchie here. He said, I understand... I understand why you called George Kirby, George Lindsay. He was Goober Pyle in the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> and then he says, isn't Bristol, Virginia near, near Maybury, North Carolina? <laughs> That's a great so question. See, not only did he slag me, he did. but he slagged you. What's that got to do with anything? I don't know. Where, I, where, I, where I grew up. I don't know. Just, it's... Mm. Well, hang on. Yeah, Bristol, Bristol, Virginia. I don't know if it's near Maybury, North Carolina. I don't think so. We'll find out. Let's bring in Chris Rose, host of the Chris Rose Rotation and Baseball Today on John Boy Media. The new episode of the Chris Rose Rotation is out now with Adam Wainwright. Mr. Rose, thank you for uh, joining us. And, um, I, you know, uh, you're welcome for the Jays <laughs> this weekend. I'm yeah. glad that we were able to help to help the Guardians out. And set them on the, the right path. Get them to 500. Get them to 500. I got it. Before we talk about other stuff, I was impressed with that team. Like, all, all kidding aside, Chris, we, Barker and I were talking about this uh, on Blue Jays talk yesterday. Like, that lineup and the way they go after pitchers, um, you know, I, I'm telling people, I think that that division in another year or two years is. It's going to be a meat grinder. It really is. Well. It's like, well, man. There you go. Sorry, we lost, we lost you for a minute. We got you back. So uh, everything, oh. that I, everything that I said, you can still respond to it. But it's true, isn't it? That division in a couple of years is going to be tough. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It really is. It's... Um, the Guardians have the youngest team in baseball, and when I looked at their lineup at the beginning of the year, I was like, man, it's, it's kind of rough. I mean, it's not the Blue Jays. It's not the Yankees. It's not teams that can mash. So they've, they've really kind of put together a squad that is the antithesis of what Major League Baseball has been the last five to seven years, right? The three true outcome, hit the ball over the wall, strike out or walk. And that's not what this team does. They have an amazingly high contact rate, a very low swing and miss rate. And most of their guys, with the exception of Naylor, Cronmel Reyes, and whomever is catching that day, can really run. So they're athletic. I mean, they are moving the ball around the diamond. They're going first to third. They're hitting doubles. They're grinding out at bats. And I think that's why they're kind of a tough matchup. Listen, they had a, they had a seven-game skid when they – lost those three games in New York, and then they got pummeled out in, in uh, Anaheim. 
Um, they lost a couple of close ones, but they're a young, young squad that, and, and I've said this from day one, if I'm a low revenue team, this is how I'm drafting, developing, and mm-hmm. putting, putting the teams together. I'm going 180 degrees from what everybody else is doing. I just want to do it better than anybody else, and we'll see if it works. Chris, is Owen, uh, is Owen Miller somebody that you would tune in to watch offensively? I, I like what he does. He seems like he has a yeah. decent approach to home run. He hit yesterday. You could tell he was strengthening along with the pitcher. You throw me a couple of those. I'm not going to look for that. I'm going to look for something else. When I get it, I'm not going to miss it. Do you like what you're seeing from him? Yeah, so he is a part of the huge, like, six-for-two deal that we did with the Padres a couple of years ago for Clevenger. Um being the main piece going back to San Diego. Mike Clevenger's a really good pitcher, really, really good. But the six guys that they got back include Owen Miller, who last year seemed so overmatched but has changed the way he goes about things and is a real good contact guy. Josh Naylor, Cal Quantrill, Austin Hedges, um, uh, Arias, who's a kid mm-hmm. that they believe will be, probably be their shortstop maybe even next year. And then there's a kid, I believe his name is Cantillo. He's a left-handed pitcher down in the minors. So you're talking about a six-for-one trade where right now they've got four guys that are contributing. I mean, that's almost unheard of in a, in a trade. So, yeah, and Miller's a big part of that. Um, he's a guy that just, play, you know, he's their cleanup hitter right now. He's not your prototypical guy, although yesterday he hit the game-tying homer in the eighth. But that's just kind of what you're getting when you face Cleveland. Chris Rose joins us on Blair and Barker. Bigger tire fire right now, Boston Red Sox or Philadelphia Phillies? Man, that's a good one. Um, I think the Red Sox, because of the division they're in, um, I still think that Philly, although the Mets have played exceptionally well out of the gate, you know, as long as they don't have to jump over three excellent teams, I think they can still find their way at times. I think Boston's in deep trouble. I really do. I think after a little bit more than a month because Sale had some sort of setback on top of everything. They're not hitting at all. They've got almost zero production from catcher first, second, and right, including their second baseman who they spent $140 million on. It's just it's not that they have to <clears throat> compete with the Yankees or compete with the Blue Jays or compete with the Rays. They have to try and catch all those teams. I mean, good luck with that. Chris, is there is there a – you talk to a lot of ex-big leaguers. Is there a concern with offenses being down? We talk about the Blue Jays hitting when it matters. I guess they're hitting for a high enough average. They're hitting some home runs. They're hitting some extra base hits. It's just that when it matters the most. You talk about the Red Sox. Red Sox had not scored 100 runs yet. It is mm-hmm. The people that you've talked to, is that a big concern or are we just – talking about it way too much this early in the season, you think? Well, guys, I mean, all I can tell you is when I do this show, I, I talk to guys who play the game right now. I mean, not, not retired guys. I, mm-hmm. They all say the same thing, which is the baseball is different. And so that is a big part of it. I don't know how many times you guys have watched where guys are flying out to the track and maybe it's even three or four steps shy of the wall. And they thought it was 10 rows deep. I don't know what's gone on. Um, and it's been a major problem the last couple of years. I've had guys tell me that the baseball has been 
different for, for seasons now. And I don't know if they deaden the ball or what it is, but I, that's a big part of what's going on here. It really is, I think. Uh, it's not like guys forgot how to hit in the offseason. Um, so, you know, once again, baseball's kind of thumbing their nose at this whole thing. And they're like, well, we, we just don't talk about it. Like, they're, they're the – baseball could never be in a relationship because they don't like to talk about things. That's right. They just don't. They, they like to just turn and hide and grumble under their breath and say, well, if we don't talk about it, maybe the problems will go away. I'm going for a walk. One statement. I'm going for a long walk. I'll be back. (laughs) Not one statement on Dan Bellino last week. Yeah. Right. The umpire who who ejected Madison Bumgarner after staring him down on a uh, on a foreign substance check. I mean, Bellino came out and apologized this weekend. I didn't hear one statement from Major League Baseball. Hey, we're looking into this. Hey, we punished Dan Bellino. Hey, but it's like. What are we doing? Why are we? What are we protecting people? Are these secrets that we're trying to protect? International secrets? Like if people screw up, which Dan Bellino did, deal with it. Let us know. Like because you're happy to let us know when players get suspended mm-hmm. or punished, right? Yep. I mean, why don't we do the same thing with everybody else that works in Major League Baseball? I don't, I don't understand it. Boy, the umpires union must be the best union ever. Mm-hmm. I got to get in on that thing. Me too. Somehow. Yeah, I. There's a lot. There's a lot going on this year that really kind of puzzles me and and concerns me. Um, You know, when the CBA was done, of course, we had the news conference, or I should say the statement where Rob Manfred essentially said, you know, yeah, I need to do a better job worrying about the relationship with players. I mean, what did they give the players? Every player in the the majors got a nice new set of headphones or something like that waiting waiting at their locker on opening day with a note from the the commissioner and, and... uh, and, and, and all this stuff, but you know, that, I mean, I've talked to guys, I talked to a couple of guys who were involved in the union and used to play the game. They don't play anymore, but Chris, one of their concerns is, you know what, all these, yeah, the, the minimum's gone up, but a lot of guys who get paid in arbitration, they're looking at their numbers right now and going, what the hell? Like, you know, I mean, where's my money coming from now? Cause I'm hitting two thirty with Two home runs. I've had like four balls that I've hit that I swear to God have been gone, and they've died on the warning track. I I think baseball's got to be careful here because I think this relationship with the players is something they need to pay attention to. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the flip side of that, and it's not a 50-50 split of roster construction, is that the pitchers can say, hey, look at my numbers. They got better, <laughs> yeah. right? So those guys that are going to arbitration don't mind it. But, yeah, there is there is a problem. There, there certainly is a lack of trust. There's no question. It feels like, and it doesn't feel that way in other sports. Right. Where everything that, you know, you don't hear, you know, I think once in my lifetime as an NBA fan, have I heard the players complain about the ball. Mm-hmm. Not once outside of Deflategate have I ever heard of a football player complain about a football. But the baseball is, you know, like, there is something going on there, and I didn't even think about it until you brought it up, that it might be in order to, to keep salaries down for hitters. That is a possibility. I, I don't put anything past these guys. I really don't. And I it's such a shame to have a, to have a lack of trust because you want, you know, like athletics is where it's supposed to be fair. Yep. Everything else in our world has become so political um, and jaded and, uh, 
streamline one way to another so there's some sort of twist in the way a message is delivered. We want our our sports to be so pure and just decided by the players on the diamond. But, man, at the end of the day, it just feels like there's something weird going on. Yeah, yeah, it sure makes you wonder. Uh, can I, well, let's flip over to the National League now. Is there something with these National League teams, a team that may surprise you? Maybe the Padres, uh, the Mets got off to obviously a hot start, first first to twenty wins. Is, is it the Mets? You know, is it uh, is it the the Brewers? Maybe that they can sustain this. They're hitting a little bit more. Maybe that's a thing. Is there some team in the National League that you know first through thirty games you're like, ah, that's that's a nice surprise. So I had, uh, truth be told, I had the Padres as a wild card team coming into the year. Um, I think they have done substantially better mm-hmm. than I expected because they're right there with the Dodgers, uh, who, believe it or not, at 19 and seven haven't even gotten going offensively. Mm-hmm. We go look at their offensive numbers. Like Trey Turner hasn't done anything. Justin Turner's been, you know, way way below average. Uh, Bellinger got off to a hot start, but is kind of been okay since then. Will Smith hasn't done much. Mookie's finally turning it up. Freddie Freeman's been very consistent. But really, other than that, it hasn't been a lot. Um, so I expect them, once once their hitting kind of gets in line, they could take off. Uh, but I'm impressed with what the Padres have done. You know, kudos to the Rockies and Diamondbacks. You know, every team in that division is at least 500, I believe, if not a game mm-hmm. over 500. And I thought the Diamondbacks were going to be one of the worst teams in sports in the sport this year, but they've they really put it together nicely. Good for them because they don't, you know, it's hard to trudge through another 52 win season. That's mm-hmm. rough going. Uh, other than that, National League wise, you know, nothing in the Central. I knew the Reds were going to be bad. I didn't think it would be this ugly. Uh, out East, you know, I expected maybe a little bit more out of the Phillies. I thought that may, you know. They're a tough watch. They are. They really are. They're a tough watch. You know, they boy to lose that game when they're up seven to one, and everybody's like, "Oh, Joe Girardi's got to." What would Joe? What manager wouldn't have done exactly what he did? Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, it's got to fall on the players too, guys. So yeah. that's been disappointing. No, a you, bit. you're absolutely right. They're they're a it, tough watch is exactly the way to to describe them. I mean, they just uh, and. Chris, we see teams when stuff goes wrong. You can tell when a team doesn't have an answer, and and you could watch with that 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 implosion. You could just tell that the Phillies were standing around expecting expecting stuff to happen. I don't know. You're right. I, I don't I don't know what else Joe Girardi does in that game, but I do know you know David Dombrowski. Man, he he he's a guy that fired Phil Garner six games into the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to be looking at this thing and thinking, you know, can I really afford to like piss away another year of Bryce Harper. It looks like I'm doing that. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, let's remember they just spent another hundred million dollars on Nick Castellanos, who's been really good so far too. And right. Another 79 on Kyle Schwarber. Um, Yeah, I don't get it. You look at that team and, you know, particularly the top five or six in that order. And you're like, man, they should be putting up six runs a game. And it's just, it's just not happening on a consistent basis. Chris, we're going to let you scoot, man. Really appreciate you doing this. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. My pleasure, guys. And anytime the, you know, the Blue Jays want to come back in town. <laughs> by the way, I love those. I love those blue unis. They got to wear those every day. Those uh, are so awesome. You're here. Uh, yeah. I'm with you, man. The powder yeah. blues are great. Thanks. I'll leave you. 
I'll I'll leave you with one last thing. I know we got to run. Yeah, no worries. Preseason pick my World Series was Mets and Blue Jays. Ooh, I don't ooh. know if that's good for you guys or not because you don't ever want a guy from Cleveland picking your team to win mm, something. Yeah, but um, but still we'll early. At least mark the tape on that one, guys. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. See you. All right, guys. Chris Rose is host of the Chris Rose Rotation and Baseball Today on John Boy Media. His uh, the new episode of the Chris Rose Rotation is out now with Adam Wainwright. Give it a listen. Hey, first of all, Chris is a great interviewer, and Adam Wainwright is a terrific can, interviewee. Can I, can I ask a question? I mean, he, he was talking about Joe Girardi, and, and it made me think of something. I, I had a lot of managers when I was playing, a lot of them. And, and I look at managers a little differently. I look at them more as a, a, you know, a friend kind of thing and a... A Not nuisance. so much. A nuisance. Yeah, bringers, wonder, of, bringers of bad well, news. Well, whenever you see him or you news. hear him talking, normally it's not good news. It's bad news unless you're one of the established guys and you're making tons of money that you can joke around with a manager. But if, if, you're, if you're running that team, and we talk about urgency, and I talk about, the, yeah. about that a lot when it comes to lineups and certain guys just doing things that says it matters. No matter what part of the season you're in, it's quicker. Let's make that adjustment quicker. You think just by saying or firing Joe Girardi, that would do that enough? That would send a message that says what we've spent and what the product looks like ain't good enough. It needs to be better. You think that works? I don't know. I can't hurt. Uh, I also think there are certain markets where I wouldn't say you need to react to the fan base, but I think there are certain markets where things can go pear-shaped really quickly. Philly's one of those markets. I also think, and, and Chris is right about this, I mean, the division should be there all year. Like, Here's the thing with the Phillies. They're good enough that with expanded playoffs, they should I don't think I didn't pick them to go in, but I did. they should be able to get in the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, all bets are off. I I do know this. You know, David Dombrowski's default position in the past has been sometimes hiring Jim Leland. I'm not going to hire Jim Leland. Um, I I don't know. I mean, who who are you going to bring in? What what? You've had this group of players has had Gabe Kapler and Joe Girardi, two kind of different managers. I don't know where you go beyond Joe Girardi. Joe, Joe Girardi's fault. Their their bullpen stinks. Could a could a better manager? Uh, Kevin, I I would be lying if I Tony said Tony Russa it, comes over to the Phillies. Well, no, he's Tony, handling the bullpen any different. Tony Russa is a bad a bad I a bad. He's example. an older guy. That's a Hall of Famer. Like yeah, that's well, my Joe point. Girardi, Joe Girardi is not a I'm, not my, a young that's guy. My, I'm asking the question. Like if you're asking, it's like me, a different voice, a, a different way of thinking when yeah, it I, comes to handling bullpens. That's what it comes down here to. I mean, the the problem, they're going to score enough the, runs. The and, problem with this team is they've been put together by two general managers, Matt Klintak and now Sam Fold. There's a mix of things that aren't working out. They can't play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they they they've I don't know what's happened to Alec Bohm, but they they can't. It, it seems to me that they're a team that can't get out of their own way at times, and I do think that you need another voice. I'm not a big Joe Girardi fan to begin with. I yeah you know, I don't think he's the worst. I I don't think he was as bad as people in New York thought he was. But I do think that Joe Girardi can't get out of his own way at times. And, you know, I'm going to say this. I thought the same about Aaron Boone. I've changed my mind about Aaron Boone. 
I thought Aaron Boone was the guy who couldn't get out of his own way. And you know why? Because now he's got a bullpen that everything's working. Oh. And, and he, you know, it's, it's great to look like a genius when, you're, <laughs> when everything falls in place. Mm-hmm. But in Joe Girardi's case, man, you got to make a move because you can still make the playoffs. That's a good enough team. You don't have to rebuild. You can't rebuild. You still got some pitching there. I think you have to. The only issue with I that is, is if you can the manager and they don't make the playoffs, guess who the spotlight's on now? Well, except, it ain't the manager no yeah, more. Except the, the, the Dave, front office. Yeah, except the front office ain't, isn't going anywhere. So, um, and don't forget, David Dombrowski didn't hire Joe Girardi. Neither did Sam Fold. He didn't hire Joe Girardi. <clears throat> so I think they have to. Uh, do we have a I think they have to uh, move on. And, uh, but again, I don't know what it, what do you bring they're in? 12, what, they're 12 and 16. What's the opposite of Joe Girardi? I would think if you need it for me anyway, when I was around managers, it's how they act when it's going south. How, what, wh- what's he like? It's okay. Every, everybody's a good manager when you're winning, you're winning all these games. And, but what's he look like? How's he act? How does he talk to players? Is he, can you walk up to him and have a conversation about what you're doing wrong can younger can he relate to younger players? I'm not going to even talk about that with Joe Girardi. I have no idea. Not in the clubhouse. It's impossible to talk about that. Is is he is he a good manager when it's going south? That's the question you got to ask yourself. And if the answer to that you think is no, what better time? They're 12 and 16. What better time would it be that now than to send a little message to certain guys? Bro, we paid all this money for big time I mean, players. I'm looking. I'm looking at. <clears throat> I'm looking at possible replacements. Okay. You've got uh, Rob Thompson, uh, who, uh, you know, has... Bruce Bochy. Well, you know, the, the question is, does Bochy want to get back in the game? You throw enough money at him. I mean, he, he would... Make it hard for him to say no. But is he... I mean, is he a different... Is he a different guy? You know, there, there are people who are talking about... Um, you know, I mentioned Rob Thompson. There are people who talked about Larry Boa is another guy yeah. who's who's in who's in the organization. Don't know about you. If I'm bringing in a new guy, I want that guy to be the guy no, that you, you can't blame for the mistakes. Okay. You can't blame for the woes. Now the next blame would be on the players. I got a name That's for you. That's the game. I got That's a the name guy you're bringing you. in. I got a name for you, Mike Sosha. Maybe. Mike Sosha. I like the boach. Again, it's all about whether whether he would want to tackle what goes on in Philly. Probably not the easiest media to talk to. But, but both of those guys. Again, the question is what? How, how different? How different are they than than Joe Girardi? The thing I the thing I like about Sosha is, you know, Sosha's been. I, I, Sosha's the type when I when I think of getting a different voice in. Sosha is the type of voice that I kind of like when I kind of you know, sort of plug my ears and say, what voice do you want to hear? What quote unquote new voice would you want to hear to replace Joe Girardi? Sosha would be the guy. It has to be a guy who's been around. It has to be a guy who's won. It has to be a guy who, you know, has, has, has demonstrated an ability to work with young guys. I mean, he's been involved with the U.S. baseball program, but. You know, again, it's getting back to the the same old thing. He's going to have the same team. They're still not going to catch the ball. He's going to have the same bullpen. But you're only doing it to send a message. But your message has to be 
if we do this, the name has to be the right fit. And you got to be real careful yeah. about who that is. So that for me, I, I might be a little shocked if Joe gets fired. Uh, we're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio, watch us on Sportsnet 360 or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. You can text it to 590-590. Today's question is to win tickets to the Jays and Mariners at the Rogers Center on Monday, May 16th. And I asked about uh, Robbie Ray and whether or not they might face him in Toronto. Several people said, have reached out on social media and said, wasn't that Robbie Ray's vaccination status an issue uh, with him signing here? Either, it went beyond, it went much beyond that. I think initially a lot of people thought that was part of the issue. It, it went beyond that. A, a lot of it wanted, frankly, he also wanted spring training in Arizona was part of the deal. Yeah, yeah, that, and, and I mean, there's, there's that, a ton of stuff going on. That's not the reason why it didn't come back. Yeah, here. So I think he'll, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see, right? I mean, who knows whether or not at some point somebody will ask. Oh, and the question was, was, I got asked the question first oh, of go all. Ahead. Today's question is to win tickets to the Jays and Mariners down at the Rogers Center on Monday, May 16th. The question is, what, this is too easy, what year did the Seattle Mariners play their first MLB season? Oh. All right. This is for tickets to the Jays Mariners at the Rogers Center on Monday, May 16th. All you got to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Text it to 590-590, whether you're on the radio or Listen on podcast or whatever, 590-590. What year did the Seattle Mariners play their first MLB season? Text the answer to 590-590 if you're shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Yes, Mr. Barkey. No, I was just say saying my, my father just texted me because he listens to everything, and he said that I grew up 200 miles from Mayberry. So whoever cares enough to Son of a gun. text in and ask that question or comment on that. I, I grew up 200 miles from Mayberry RFD. There it is. That was the name of the show. There you go. Wow. There you go. All of that. Just think, think three and a half hours. All of that because I made a mistake in, with George Kirby's name. Talk about a rabbit hole, right? George oh. Lindsay corrected it. Caller calls up and says George Lindsay was the name of a character in Mayberry. Your dad calls up. We didn't call. Or calls texts. The Mayberry's three hundred miles from two hundred. Two hundred miles. You don't even listen. Are you kidding? Two hundred miles from <laughs> Bristol, Virginia. Do, do you even listen ever? I do, but I. I mean, math is. It's not really math. Math is optional. Two hundred or three hundred. It's not math. I was thinking kilometers. Not really. Uh, Barker's back leg bits are next. We have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of questions. Fire Charlie. For Kevin Barker. <laughs> <laughs> believe Charlie. it or not, believe it or not, believe it or not, that topic was brought up. Well, they had the obvious choice if they were to do that. They'd have the obvious choice already. Mike Sosha. Absolutely not. Joe Girardi. Absolutely not. He's the bench coach for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, we, I, let's not even talk about that. It's Blair and Barker. On Sportsnet 590, the fan, put the bat away. Sportsnet 590, the fan, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Golly! Uh, golly! It is amazing that I try to be friends with everybody this in this room. This is such a good show. Okay. No, me, <clears throat> no, this is this is this is wholesome wholesome entertainment. I like these these shows. <laughs> I tell you what, there's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Wasn't uh, what's his face on this? Ron Howard. Yeah, he played the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the kid. Boy, you're good. Like I didn't. And when I grew up, we only had one channel, and it was it was black and you white. Had the, you had the TV that you had to wind up. No, but we had the aerial. We had the rabbit ears, aerials. Oh, you put the aluminum foil. On? No, I didn't need the aluminum foil. No, we, no, we weren't that poor. Um, the aerials, yeah, the aerial worked. Huh. Actually, we got CBC, CBC French, CTV, something called KCND from Pembina, North Dakota, which was an independent station, and that's it. Mm. That's it. That's all we got in Morden from about 1967 till, I want to say when we got our color TV, it was probably 73. You're laughing? I'm serious. First thing I ever oh, watched man. on my color TV was a Rose Bowl parade because we got it for Christmas. So there you I go. Do a, I do a baseball show there with a guy didn't go. have color TV when he was growing That's up. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Did not have color TV growing up. Didn't have cable. All right. Just telling you. Just telling you. Uh, this is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Um... Gave away tickets. Oh, I know what it's time for. It's time yeah. for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know. The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones. Uh, we started out the show talking about balls. Shiny, clean, smooth balls. And now we're talking about dead balls. Thanks to Sean Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Barker's back leg bits. It is the part of the show where I let you ask Barker the questions and then I correct his answers. And you can take part in the show by DMing me. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff the second Blair. thing I do when I get up. What? Nobody knows what the first thing is you do. Codify baseball. This is interesting. Been 1,222, 263 pitches this year, 21,038 balls in play, 774 home runs. Last year through May 3rd, 1,000, no, 122,760 pitches, 20,488 balls in play, 976 home runs. More balls in play this year by 1,000 through May 3rd. 202 fewer homers. Think about that. So the ball's been in play more. 202 fewer home runs. It's on purpose. 202 fewer home runs. That was through May 3rd. <clears throat> you got dead ball, really good pitching. 202 fewer. Turns into that, those numbers. Wow. Pitching's really good, too, if you've noticed. Uh, oh, my God. We've got, uh, we've got so many questions for Barker's back leg bits. Let's talk about the manager, Nathan James, 31. In your guys' honest-to-God opinion, do you think Charlie can lead this team to a World Series and win it, and do you need 
Do you think the Jays need to stop shifting around so much? That from Nathan James. And Ian Fraser, when is it time to look at the manager? They have given up the most runs in the American League right now while sporting a paltry offense for a month. The team is falling behind. If it keeps up, we will be out of it before August or even the trade deadline. First of all, Ian, you will never be out of it thanks to Rob Manfred and expanded playoffs. Ain't happening. This franchise will never be out of the playoffs for the next four years. In other words, out of the race. It'll always be a factor. Having said that, we haven't really talked much about the manager. Uh, Look, the Jays are 17 and 13. They're three and a half back. They're in third place in the East. Uh, They seem to look like a lot of teams around baseball right now with a lack of offense. The starting pitching has been kind of where I thought it would be. The bullpen, I got to tell you this, you talk about how you rate a manager, I still lean heavily on the bullpen use. And I've said this, there are maybe two instances this year where the Jays have done things, Trent Thornton in that one game where I kind of, yeah, and Trevor Richards, I kind of scratched my head and said, why are they doing that? That's about it. Every other game, they've, I think, Charlie's made the move I would have made. Mm-hmm. Hasn't always worked out because that's the nature of the game. But I, I, I mean, I, I feel more. I, I mean, I feel more comfortable with Charlie now managing than I did last year or the year before. That's I, just I, me. That's I, just me. I still think with the team they have, they can win the American League East. With the team they have, they can't win the World Series. Okay, you're going to have to. I'm going I'm to stick with that. I, I still think they're too right-handed. I think they're when you face good right-handed pitching, they're good enough in these big league ballparks, and I do say big league ballparks, to pitch well enough that they can consistently get out these right-handed hitters, and they need a really good left-handed hitter. I have no idea who that is. I'm not even going to act like I'm going to come on here and go this person, that person. The obvious guy is playing third base for the, the Guardians. He ain't coming here. So I, how do they fix that? Or is it fixable? Or do you just stop talking about that? You got what you got. And some certain right-handed hitters at the top of the order are going to have to, you know, bring it. Have better at-bats and start carrying some teams. We talk about why these other teams in the American League have gotten hot. It's because their stars or the guys that they expected to get off to really good starts and hit the ball hard and have performance when it comes to, you know, four hit 430 and drive in 12 runs in a week and hit three or four or five home runs. That's what certain guys need to do. Is it Nathan that said something about the mm-hmm. – is it is it Charlie's fault, Nathan, that that Lord Escuriel Jr. has a real issue with hitting right now and hitting with runners and scoring? Is, it, is that Matt – is it Charlie's fault that Matt Chapman has issues? I have trouble. I'm the first guy. And anybody that ever listens to me, I'm the first guy, and you know this. I'm not going to hold back. If I think something, I normally say it. But right now, honestly, big picture, anything that's going on with the Jays offense, you, you think it has something to do no. with Charlie. My only question no. – my only question, and I don't think this is all on Charlie, but I think I've been relatively consistent in this regard since the start of the year. Um, I think at some point, this team is going to have to move Flatty Jr. into the number two spot and tell him he's moving into the number two spot. Question before you keep going. Let is, me, is that going to change the way they pitch the Vladdy? It might. How? 
I, uh, Kevin, moving here, up a spot is going to change but, but the Kevin, middle he, way and every miss ball the other way. He, That's going to he, change. Here's that? the thing: give teams. This team right now is pretty easy. You said it's pretty easy to pitch it is. to. Why is that? Because it's a pattern. It's the same. It's going to be the same. It's going to be the same pattern. The I, only way that would that would mix you know it up a little is the how many pitches. This is why they said they wanted to move him to second. Other than the obvious, getting him more at bats. And the more bats he'll have, the better chance he's got to hit more balls out of the park, which helps them win more, a couple of more games. That's the obvious reason. But it is how many pitches the first two guys see in front of him, which changes his at bat when he goes to the plate. That's one of the main reasons, too. Point is, you mentioned it. Whatever inning that was, where they saw two pitches, and then they. That's sort of the thing is. Guerrero, you know, Teoscar saw yeah, one each, and then Guriel saw three. Five pitches out of a middle reliever. Yeah, Come yeah, on. it's sort of that kind of thing where you get Springer coming up in the first inning. He swings the first pitch. Lazy puff fly to center. Bo comes up, we know. Swings at everything. You got two pitches, two outs. What does Vladdy do? Is Vladdy going to be aggressive? First thing I'd be thinking when I'm standing on the on-deck circle, do we want really want three outs and three pitches? Listen. So it changes his bat. That's the only thing. But, again, it gets back to he is your best hitter all around. Average home runs, RBIs, when it's all said and done, he will be the guy. That guy needs to be happy. Hitting second, for whatever reason, doesn't make him happy. Well, listen, I look back at that, you know, the team that had Josh and uh, Jose Batista and Russ Martin. They went to the manager and suggested. They went to John Gibbons and suggested moving Mm -hmm. the lineup around. I... Again, I would just rather have I'd rather have Springer, Guerrero, Teoscar, and Bo. I'd rather have Bo in the cleanup if spot. If Vladdy goes to Charlie, <clears throat> Charlie be break dancing around the bases if if Vladdy came to him and said I want to hit second because now he knows. What do you do? Okay. That your better hitter what do you is do? up front right. earlier okay. in games. What do you do if Vladdy decides to hit second? Do you go Teo? Do you leave? Do you go just flip flop Bichette and Guerrero, or do you want Bichette in the cleanup I, spot? I, I don't. I think the protection's more that they'll give Vladdy early in counts something more on the plate or middle end with Teoscar hitting behind him. So I'm not putting Bo third. I'm not doing that. I like Teoscar hitting behind him. Yeah. I think Teoscar can use the entire field, and he's a run producer. Run producers don't grow on trees. It's not like all of a sudden you wake up one day and he's a producing runs. And you see how hard it is for these guys? Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is not a run producer. Matt Chapman's not a run producer. Yeah. They're, they don't grow on trees, so when you got them, you got to use them to their fullest. And for me, I would flip-flop it. I like Bo Hood and clean up. I'd leave Teoscar in the three spot and Vladdy in the two spot. But I still see it happening. I think Vladdy likes it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though. I think Bo, I move Bo into the cleanup spot. I just think it's his natural... And he can go up and be the free swinger that he sure. likes to be. It's when he's hitting second. It's just sometimes the easier outs. But I guess that it's in the flow of a it, game a little quicker. It's a question though, right? Which you, is not what you want. No, but it, the, the so essentially what you're you're doing is you've said that it's more important to keep Vladdy happy than it is to Vladdy saying that. Y- yes, Charlie's saying that. Okay. People that are making lineups out are saying that. <coughs> you walked up to him, which you got to like the communication factor there. But maybe they're asked to sometimes be a grown-up in the room. Travis Henry from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, wants to know if you think this team has a voice like Donaldson in 2016 or do you think it needs one? If the average of runners in scoring position continues, 
Does someone need to step up and let the guys know this is the get it done league? I believe they will figure it out, but I can't imagine it hurts to have a guy plainly see we need to help out our pitching staff. Let's get okay, this figured out. I, we're, it's a good question, Travis, but I got I got to ask you. I got to ask Travis a question. I want him. I want him answering this wherever he said out loud to himself. If, if Josh Donaldson was here yelling the obvious to the people that aren't getting it done. Lourdes, Matt Chapman, and Bo Bichette occasionally with runners in scoring position. Think that's going to change anything? It's going to make me mad. If I were one of the guys, it's almost like you're telling them they're not trying. Yeah. Doesn't work that way in baseball. I know we live in a hockey area, and people love that hockey. Beat it into you. How dare you not try do harder? It try harder. No, baseball yeah. doesn't work that way because you want to know why? When you try to grip things harder in baseball, what does that thing do? It gets slower. And as hard as they throw now, and as much as they throw breaking balls, you're going to swing and miss more. And it's going to make that clubhouse. Not as happy as we love seeing it. We love seeing that over there, happy-go-lucky thing. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> it's a good thought. It's a good question. But in 2022, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, first of all, this this core has been together for a long time. You know, they, I'm always, and I think sometimes in this business, we're all guilty of this. We don't know what goes on in a clubhouse. You know, we may see guys having fun in the dugout and – I'm just going to say that the public persona isn't necessarily everything you see going on inside mm-hmm. inside a clubhouse. I'm just I'm very I'm very hesitant to look at a team and goes oh they're a bunch of good guys or they're a bunch of bad guys. I think a team is a combination. This team I this team seems to get along, and that's you know if you're going to spend 162 or or however many days together, that's a good thing. Um, I think that there is a legend. A myth around the 2015-2016 Blue Jays. I'm not certain those guys really liked each other all that much at the you end. You think? Yeah, I, I no. think I'm on pretty. Uh, by the, you know they didn't. Like yeah, by the end of the that that was not the happiest group of of individuals. You, let's just say that it was not the happiest group of individuals. Which doesn't make them bad people. It no. just means that they're a bunch of guys, a bunch of alpha males, they're a nor- bunch of big dogs that were together for this they're- for a long time. And yeah. you know what? They didn't win. They didn't get over the hump. And you know what happens when you don't win? You get tired of being one of the best teams in the league that never won. I don't get that. I don't think this team needs a guy to come in and turn the table over or to, to mm. throw things around. I just, I don't think they do. You know what I like about this team? The core guys in this team, what do Bichette, Guerrero, Teoscar all have in common? They want to get paid. And they're at that point in their career where they're going to start to get paid. Alec Manoa wants to get paid. Jordan Romano wants to get paid. You've got a bunch of guys who are on the verge of making big money. That to me is way more important than having some guy come in and and you know rip into the team. You talk to people in that 2015 team. Um, you know, we, there's this, this legend around David Price. David Price wasn't a difference maker to that team. Troy Tulowitzki was, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what. Towards the end, there were a lot of people looked at Troy Tulowitzki and said maybe you ought to try to get in the field for more than four games a, a week or four games a month to to be acting like you're you're running things. So I, I'm just saying, I have no problem with the composition of this team. I'm with Bark. I think at some point when you get to the playoffs, you've got to have, 
you got to have a different type of hitter. I look at this lineup and I want a left-handed bat. Doesn't and I'm not saying get a crappy left-handed bat. Mm-hmm. I would like to see these guys have a switch right. hitter or yeah, thank you. I <laughs> want to see this team at a at a switch hitter or a more authoritative left-handed bat. Yeah. I think they will. It may not happen this week. I think they will. But in terms of the chemistry and all that, I just you got to be really careful about that because you just don't know. What you see on TV isn't always the way it is. What we see when we're in the clubhouse isn't, it's it's just not. Bark, you put in clubhouses. Let me ask you this. There are guys in the game who've got reputations for being good guys. Mm -hmm. I bet you could name me two of those good guys who are kind of knobs. Yeah, they're they're good guys to a certain group of of people on your team, not the entire group of people. Like yeah, that, that yes. that's why we got to be careful every time you you know you pan in the in the in the dugout and you see everybody hugging. It's the same people all the time. Like and then there's everybody else. Well, what's everybody else doing? Like they're in their own little group. Yeah. They're trying to get their own little thing done, which is fine. That's, yeah, it's fine. That's it's fine. But the, again, it's I I just sometimes you, you know you you laugh because I again I've been in a ton of clubhouses where you don't like half the people. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, just you. You you got your different way of doing things. I got my different way of doing things, and sometimes they don't mesh together. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's all about. Uh, it's, well, I, I'm trying to figure out which manager said his job was keeping half of the guys who hate my guts away from half of the guys who like me, and that's kind of what it is. Oh, you know who that is? Who was that? Was that Gibby? <laughs> it was. Oh, it was okay. <laughs> yes, it was. Did he go he third? Said it, he said it. Three to of the us. guys who said, uh, yeah, the third of the guys who hate me from the third of the guys who like me from the third of the guys who really don't give a rat's ass go. one way or another. Anyhow, there you go. <clears throat> but that's what. Yeah, there you go. That is the uh, that is the manager's job. But that listen, it's a it's a fair question, and I think Barker's right. A lot of it has to do with the hockey mentality here. <clears throat> you know, um, there's nothing wrong with it. No, but, but the idea in hockey is that everybody's got to be a good guy, and you know, you glue guys, and I mean. You know, they need more sandpaper. I mean, all the sort of hockey yeah, cliches that come out doesn't work that way. In the last seven games, you're two for your last 25. You going to be a good dude? I know I wouldn't be. Yeah. No. No, I'm with you on that. Huh. I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah, good questions. Got us thinking. Yeah. We appreciate that. Again, Barker's back leg bits. DM me every morning. Um, question after the game, of course. You can join us in Blue Jays talk. There will be no Blue Jays talk today because there's no Blue Jays game. There will be a Blue Jays talk tomorrow because there is a Blue Jays game. And Wednesday, Wednesday, got to remind you, no Blair and Barker because it's oh. a 12, it's an early game at Yankee Stadium, but we will be on after the game for a Blue Jays talk post-game. Um, yeah, we covered, did, did, did we miss anything? Anything you want to talk about? Did we miss anything here? I'm like, Aren't they getting Luis Severino tomorrow? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, 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 that's occasionally on days off, guys that matter in lineups tend to think about things and you see some adjustments. Now, Severino's a tough guy to make some adjustments against crowding the plate, doing different things, you know, looking for other pitches earlier in counts that you haven't, that haven't been working. <clears throat> Maybe we'll see a little something different this time that, you know, Sever, Severino is, is, you say Kikuchi. Severino and Jamison tie on are the yeah. guys they face. It's just not going to be the easiest thing. So, but uh, we don't meet. You know, don't don't get Nestor Cortez. Damn. I think if you ask them, they'd rather face Nestor Cortez than Severino. I know. I mean, it's ninety nine with a with a ninety two mile. I just like watching Nestor Cortez pitch. I do too. There's something. Does kind whatever of, it takes. Something kind help of help his team. About him. 
Well, because he is. So there you go. So Barker's saying that on the off day in New York, everybody's locked in their hotel room They're, looking at looking at video, trying, trying to figure out what changes they can make. You took what I said and turned it into that. I did, didn't I? You did. Yeah, I did. They're not. They're not. But they'll show up early the next day to try and figure some things out, and they're texting back and forth. Yeah, two games against the Yankees, then it's on to Tampa to play the Rays. Remember, they're buddies. They're probably going all going to dinner. 26 of them. They're all going to the same restaurant. 26 same of them. Same cab. They're all piling into the same cab. Maybe Lourdes and, and Matt Chapman, they go some other restaurant. Mix it up a little. You know? Ah, uh, that is it for us today. What? Oh, I thought you were. I thought you wanted to say yeah. something. Music starts. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> That's it, me, bud. No, I thought you were preparing to say something the way you were with your finger. Anyhow, uh, for all of us here at Blair and Barker, thanks for joining us today. We will be back tomorrow. Blue Jays talk after tomorrow's game as well. Enjoy your Monday. <laughs>